Welcome to Unpack the Pursuit, a podcast where we have real talk about change. Unpack the Pursuit is dedicated to helping us think differently about change and how we get to the places we so desperately want to go. Get ready for empowering tips and tools, lots of storytelling, and inspiring interviews. We are your hosts, Natalie and Molly. Let's unpack this. Hello, Unpackers. We are super excited for this episode today. This episode reminds me in many ways of my own episode almost a year ago. Sometimes we jump from relationship to relationship, often a false sense of security, forgetting to take a pause, decompress, and understand ourselves more. This can hurt us in relationships and cause communication issues. It can cause us to shut down because we are not super true with ourselves, and it can affect our communication. When you're given that time and space, to let some self-inquiry come in, you can learn a lot. So I know I took a lot, if you guys have ever listened to my episode, I looked a lot into finding happiness in other people, which never really worked out. Having those relationships end so I could have a time for self-reflection was really nice. So it's just really important to show up for yourself first. So we are excited for our guest. Yes, we are so excited for our guest because it is a special someone from college back in the day. And we are introducing Anthony today on our episode. After graduating from UMass Amherst, where both Natalie and I attended, Anthony moved to Boston and has been working for an environmental consulting and engineering firm. His current title as environmental scientist, assistant project manager, affords him the opportunity to pursue his love of the outdoors by working on projects associated with the protection of our water and land resources across New England and New York. Such a cool job and hella important right now. (laughs) When he's not working, you will probably find Anthony outside running, hiking and rollerblading in the greater Boston area, always in my heart, Boston, or wherever his adventures take him. And I can attest to that for sure. Yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. We're excited to dive in. Anthony, welcome. I know you just came back from Wyoming too, and we are just especially excited to reconnect with an old UMass friend. This is so fun. Yes. So welcome. Guys, thank you so much. I'm so excited, <laughs> so honored to be here. Just the circumstances that brought us back together are kind of insane. Totally. The stuff that you guys are doing just fit perfectly with what I'm going through right now. I found you at such a good time. Just so excited to dive in. Let's cut it up. Yeah. So a little backstory, guys. We knew Anthony in college and then he reached out to us a few months ago about our podcast and just out of the blue, it was so cool. That's what I just love about this, bringing that connection. So we're excited to go over all your stuff, your story. So let's kick it off. This pandemic, actually, it's so funny because this pandemic, a lot of people are like, this is great. It was super helpful. Other people were like, please let this end. And for you, it was actually a little bit helpful. Give us a little insight to how the pandemic worked in your favor. Yeah, I fall on both sides of that for sure. I went through different stages of kind of figuring out what felt right and, and what was important. It came at such a unique time. I mean, so I, what we're going to end up diving into is, and the main reason why I've gone through kind of this, this cycle of change is a breakup that happened in, in late 2019. And so here we are, you know, end of March, the world just completely gets turned upside down and we're forced inside, you know, it's, it's still cold out. We, and we have to, I mean, we're, we're mandated to stay inside and, and just spend all this time with ourselves and whoever we're quarantining or living with. And so I took this as a huge opportunity to really just look inward for the first time, honestly. I had never put any effort into 
any type of self-inquiry or just analysis of what at my core I am as a person, how I show up in relationships, any of that. And that breakup really just, there was no choice in my mind, but to dive into this and make some serious changes. Here we are, this pandemic comes out around the corner and it's provided me so much time, you know, no commuting, Mm. more time at home, more time on the weekends where normally I'd be going out, getting drinks with friends, going back to visit my family, going on some trips. But now we had all this time and I really took it as this great opportunity, which at the beginning felt, I had some regret for mm. feeling so excited about that opportunity. You know, you have, we have all this loss and horrible things going on mm. and there still are today. And here I was, I was, I was finding myself really excited that I had that time and grateful that I had that time to do this because otherwise I don't know, I'm not sure if I would have done it. And I certainly wouldn't have made the same amount of progress here today if it weren't for it. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I'm glad you were rewarded that time back since I know when I spoke to you before, you kind of went from, you know, relationship to relationship and never had that time to do that. So it must have been different, but really nice. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, and we just, it's tough to grow in times that are easy, maybe even impossible. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've come across so far and, and during this time. It's just too hard while you're in the thick of it to really take a step back. And this pandemic has allowed me to do that. Yeah, me too, in a lot of ways. And probably a lot of other people out there, Mm -hmm. which is one of the silver linings of a global pandemic, I guess. But you really dove into a lot of new things that helped with self-inquiry. So what are some of those new things that you've been dabbling in? Yeah, so with all this extra time, um, Mm -hmm. I couldn't really sit still. I had a very hard time after kind of the immediate fallout late 2019, I felt like I needed to jump into action and, and use the time productively. Sometimes that maybe seemed to other people and myself to an extent as you know, putting a lot of pressure on myself to make a change so quickly. But I really just, I saw it as fuel and motivation. Mm. It was a point of no, it was a low point that I just knew I didn't want to go back to. And I was fueled by that and motivated by that to make some changes. And so what I did was dive into things that I'd been putting off. I'd been wanting to start yoga for honestly just flexibility for the longest time. I'm still, I still play soccer. I run, I hike, and I'm seeing my dad spend all this time in front of his computer. His neck and back are a mess. And so he got into it later over the past 10 years. And I just been meaning to add it to the list and just haven't for no reason. You just, you prioritize the things you want to, and this just didn't end up getting prioritized. But I started in February and I've missed a hand, only a handful of days since then. It's just been, wow. even as, if, if it's in the morning or in the evening, either way, it's beneficial to me just to relax and get a good stretch in to either start or end of the day away from everybody else. And coupled with that, I think a month later, I jumped into meditation, which for similar reasons, just amazing. And the benefits instantly tangible just allowing your whole body to go completely motionless, let every muscle just relax from your jaw, your eyelids, everything. And just having that time just to sit and think about whatever you want to think about. I think I had a perception that you'd need to just push everything out of your mind, but really it's, it's just allowing your mind to go wherever it wants to kind of move things 
off your desk as you so choose, but wherever your mind's at, just let it happen. And that at the end of each day has been just so great to have. And, and I also haven't missed, missed a day on that. I just can't see my life without it now. It's crazy. That's so awesome. Wow. You're like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, wow, I have to start meditating again. <laughs> Even, I only 10 minutes. I'm trying to work. And I'm not working that hard to work farther up than that, but 10 minutes just seems to be like the sweet spot. 10 minutes is good. And I think it's a huge commitment is the biggest thing in discipline with yourself when you're going through stuff like you did. That's what a lot of my instructors say. Like if you want to see change, you need to stay committed and disciplined. The fact that you were just like, all right, yoga, here we go. Haven't missed many days. All right, meditation, here we go. It doesn't matter if it's 10 minutes, five minutes. It's just amazing that you were like, I need this in my life and I see the benefits and you've stuck to yourself and you've kept your word to yourself. And that's huge, you know, being accountable mm-hmm. for you. So, okay. So a lot of stuff like led up to this. What was the breaking point in your relationship to kind of lead to, of course, the breakup and then to unraveling all of this stuff that you've been doing? Jumping right in. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> what we love to do. <laughs> yeah, you guys weren't going to mess around. I knew that. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I've been alluding to it all, all podcast now and 2019 was a great year in, in, in so many ways. But in the background, there were these patterns of that I just could not shake in any relationship that I was in. And this pattern, a few patterns in particular, persisted in the most recent relationship that led to this ultimate fallout. You hear about communication as just the most common relationship issue. It's either the stronghold of your relationship, you know, the, the absolute crux of it, or it doesn't work and between two mm. people. And for me, I had this, looking back, I've characterized my relationships as containing an arrogance. I truly thought I had it figured out. I had been in several long relationships of over a year. And I thought mm. that that length of time meant that I knew what I was doing. Mm. And, you know, I, I would meet somebody great. We would get along. I've always classified myself as a great listener. And that's all great. And I don't want to end those patterns. Those are good patterns. Mm-hmm. But that's not the formula for a, a strong relationship necessarily. Really, the, the most important part is that communication that leads to long-lasting connection. And for me, once I was met with conflict, and by conflict, to me, it was a tough conversation where I was, I was asked to bring forth my feelings on a subject or provide support in a way that I hadn't thought about or maybe I didn't notice. And when I was met with that challenge, I just continued to fail time and time again. My whole body would just end up in this shutdown mode. Mm -hmm. I would, now looking back, I mean, there was no realization of any of these things in the moment or any way that I could describe them. But looking back, I can now. It would start in my stomach and just spread, this numbness would spread up through my shoulders to my head and it would render me useless. No words would come out of my mouth. And the words I would describe it now that I have the, the sight looking backward were that I was afraid to put myself out there in fear of this risk of losing that person in terms, in fear of making that person upset. I've always been a people pleaser and I continue to try to navigate that. I just cannot stand the thought of someone being mad at me or upset, even if it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. And it's something that is part of any relationship, romantic or not but it's something that I just have not been able to figure out up until this point. 
And so in these moments, I would be faced with all this, this shutdown would happen. And I'd be providing that person just no source of feedback that would allow them to help me to help them. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of those that happened in last September that we just couldn't get over. We couldn't move past it. It was totally different after that. And there were so many of those types of conversations before. It wasn't the first one. So that culmination of all those things, it was just, it was the last one that clearly it wasn't changing. And it was super hard because this was someone who I saw everything with. We had talked about everything for our futures and the qualities that I've been looking for, she has, but I did not have the ability to meet this need and super important need. I mean, it's just impossible not to be able to communicate and articulate these types of feelings with someone that you care about and who cares about you so deeply. If you can't do that, it's really hard to move forward. Wow. You speak so, so intentionally. Mm -hmm. That's something that I'm picking up from just you. you, I don't know if that's something you've always been able to do really well, but every, it feels like every (laughs) word is so intentional and I like how slow and deliberate every single word is because clearly this is this was a hard time for you and your and to reflect upon it probably brings up a lot of pain. So thank you for going going there with us. But you know the valley of despair. You know all about mm-hmm. it. You're probably like you're probably one of our listeners that like know the emotional cycle of change the best because I think that's what drew you in to unpack the pursuit was that framework and being able to name certain feelings and certain phases of a transition. You know, you just spoke to very elegantly about the pivotal point or the breaking point in your relationship. But how about the pivotal point afterwards when like you did break up with this person and now you're in this transition into a life without this person and also this life where you're trying to get more intrinsic with yourself. And what was the valley of despair moment in that particular transition out of this relationship and into this new sort of vulnerable space in this new self-inquiry. Yeah, the, the, just the phrase itself was such a gut punch when I heard it from you guys for the first time. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, hadn't heard, I hadn't come across it before, but it, that's because it fits so perfectly with what I was going through. I plummeted into the valley, and then from there, with these different forms of self-inquiry and, and, and reflection, that's how I started to make my way out of it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to believe that I'm out of it now. I feel like I have a lot more clarity about what I need to continue to work on, what I'm what I am working on. And just moving moving past those ideas of regret and blaming myself for what went wrong have been the hardest to do, but that early on that was the the deepest pit of the valley was, you know, all these questions of am I enough? Just questioning my self-worth in all my relationships. Who I am, am I valued by these all these other people? If something so great that I had can fall apart, what do the rest of these relationships look like? And am I doing what I need to be doing to create that connection that I want to create? And just learning from this past experience so that I never return to this type of valley of despair again. Mm. Because it's it, it that was what fueled me forward was I can't put another person through this again and I can't go through this again. It's not fair to either one of us to do that again. And so that was that was the the base of that of that valley and and where I've moved from ever since. I really give you credit for like 
seems like you really took the time, like the universe opened up or something for you to be like, okay, this is time to like make a change. Like I see a pattern and I think that self-inquiry, I really, I give you credit for that. I think it's really hard for us to speak about our patterns and notice them and be vulnerable with them because some of them cannot be the greatest sometimes, but it's great that you saw both sides. So one of the things that you sought out was therapy. How, what kind of steps did you take? Like when were you like, Oh, I think, I think I should go to therapy. Yeah. And I'd also like to add that I wouldn't have gotten to this, to this point or got to the point of therapy without having that push and that nudge from her. Mm. I give her so much credit for being that person to step up. Cause I wasn't the one that did it was her. So from that point and from that, you know, that, that value of despair, I, and that belief that I, I can't go back here again. I realized that I need help. I couldn't do it alone. I didn't know where to start. I was just in all kinds of disarray. And I knew that back then I, I was looking for a, a fix. And I, I'm a big list builder, a checkbox king. And I wanted to find something that would just solve this problem right away. I know now that that's not reasonable. and just unrealistic. So I went into therapy thinking that I could find that fix and I'd have a timeline, like maybe by July, I'd feel this way. By September, I'll be great. And a year from now, I won't even remember that this, this was an issue for me. There's a good majority of us that are like, yeah, fucking love therapy. Like I will go to therapy any minute and they're very open. And I do, I don't want to put this shadow over like men or this just like, but I feel like it's a little bit harder for guys to be like, it's time for me to go to therapy. I need therapy and then be open about it. So were you like very nervous about stepping into that space and talking about it after? Absolutely. Bring on that shadow. That's partially why (laughs) I'm here today, guys. I mean, (laughs) I, part of the reason I reached out to you guys was because I, I don't want other people to go through this and specifically guys that just don't think they need it because I was one of those guys. Mm -hmm. I was thinking to myself, I had it all figured out. Therapy never even crossed my mind up until maybe a couple of years ago, but I still put it off thinking I didn't need it. To answer your question, I definitely was afraid and I still struggle a bit with talking about my interactions in therapy with certain people. Mm-hmm. I don't have a large community that knows. I've reserved that for my closest friends and family, but it is st- it does still have this kind of cloud, the stigma over it. I'm still trying to navigate that and try to figure out who's worthy of it. First of all, who can handle it, but also wrestling with the other side with why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they be happy for me? Why wouldn't they just absolutely respect it? There's this kind of that risk idea that I talked about earlier was your my mind at least my mind reaches this this wall of sorts and says, well, the other side could be really hard or scary or or harmful, but so I'm just gonna stay on this other side because I know the end result will be at least where I'm at right now. And that seems okay. It seems safe. But what I've learned, one of the biggest lessons I've learned and ideas that's been echoed by my therapist is what would it be like on the other side? What would actually happen if you said this to someone? And how would they re- How do you think they would react? And it's just so simple, just mm-hmm. incredibly simple. But if you think about it and just go through that glass wall and think about it for a second, 
98% of the time, well, they would appreciate it. They're not going to be met with outrage. You're not going to be met with outrage. It's going to be okay. So I think that was, that's a huge thing that I've, I've learned to kind of navigate and figure out as I'm talking to people about it. Do you have other guy friends that go to therapy and are open about it? Or is that not a thing? I don't know anybody else. See, that to me feels like that's hard. Yeah. That would be I hard. I about that. I actually never even thought about it that way. Yeah. I just feel like if I were in your shoes, that would be hard. Not that you need validation of other people going to validate why you're going. But I do think there's this sense of, I think we try to find community in everything that we do. And when you know that you have a tribe of people that find value in the same things that you do, that is really powerful. And so what does it feel like when that's not there, you know? And even if it's a subconscious feeling, it might not be a feeling that you're, you know, every time you go to therapy, you're like, no one else is going, no no other man I know is going. It might not be front of mind, but I can only imagine that that is also an inhibitor for so many people. Yeah, absolutely. And I never thought about that way, but it's absolutely true. And I'm, I'm a person as part of that kind of people pleaser kind of molded into that idea where if someone else dips their foot in the pool first, I'm so much more likely to, to jump in after them and Mm -hmm. be completely engaged and and talk about it. And I'm seeing that play out in therapy. I'm also in a, uh, in a group dynamic too, which is super cool. I have there's four other people, completely different backgrounds, male and female. I'm now the youngest, but ages range up to mid 40s. And just the perspective that everybody has is just super interesting. And we're just navigating the same types of issues together, talking about issues outside the group, but also within the group and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what happens when people get mad at each other inside this group. So interesting. Right? I love I, I love that. Yeah. I love that you just you really stepped fully in. You were like, all right, fuck this pattern. Therapy, bring it on. Books, <laughs> bring it on. Meditation, yoga. Okay, step into a group to learn how to be vulnerable. Podcasts. Like, bring it on. Podcasts. Let's do it. Let's let's break this pattern. I think I just think that's awesome. I think it's awesome too. I really do. You sort of touched on this but what have you learned about yourself in regards to how you show up in relationships and how do you want to show up in relationships moving forward, romantic or not? The biggest thing is connection and and love is way harder than I thought. I've got so much to learn and no matter how many check boxes I I create and check them off, there's more things that are going to be uncovered as we just go through life and go through these cycles of change. We're going to be faced with all kinds of challenges and have to figure out how to how to navigate them. Another one is that solo time, way more important to me than I ever thought. And that's a huge lesson out of the pandemic, but also just from sitting still and realizing that loneliness doesn't have to be lonely. It's solitude and it's amazing. And it gives you so many opportunities to dive into whatever you want to dive into, spend it however you want to spend it. And that's been huge for me. Another is placing happiness in others before myself. This was another pattern that I continue to exhibit. Another pattern that I saw run its course over and over again. I never spent the time to sit and figure out what made me happy first. I would jump to comforting the other person, especially in a romantic relationship, making sure that they were okay, that they were comfortable, that they were happy. And I thought that that would radiate back to me happiness of my own and create this 
perfect relationship. But all the books, all the podcasts, all the people I talk to say that's not true. And I fully believe them. It couldn't be more true. Um, I love those points. <laughs> it, I'm finding that I am happier than I ever have been in certain ways, in certain days. There's still hard days. I'm still reminded of her and that experience and that journey all the time. But, you know, we move forward. And what I'm falling back to is do what feels good. Shout out yoga with Adrian. Oh my God. I love yoga with Adrian. <laughs> Me too. She Bedtime yoga. Best. So good. Oh, she's got countless and her dog is just Cute. amazing. I want to steal. Him. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to articulate this the way I want to, but I think it's true that if you, especially I think of the helpers, like the type twos of the world, when you're helping someone else, your help is only as good as your ability to help yourself. And your help for someone else is only going to reach its like the potential it gets to, or like the potential for like true offering true help to someone else or true comfort or true care really comes when you're feeling fulfilled. You weren't doing anything wrong. You were trying to help someone you cared about and you were trying to provide care for someone you cared about, but it never really reached its full potential because you weren't focused on what was happening on your end of this, of the bargain. Bargain's not the right word, but end of the, you get what I'm saying, end of the, the road or whatever. So I think that's just an interesting thing to call out. You reminded it. me of. You nailed it with that full potential idea. That's exactly what I feel I haven't reached yet. As good as I've had it in other relationships, I haven't reached the full potential of what they can be and what that connection really can feel like because of this communication that I'm still sorting through, still practicing and still still working on. I think another another big lesson is just being more more active in these relationships rather than taking a passive role. I've really just allowed it all to come to me rather than coming to them with what I'm feeling. I just had no idea what any of those feelings were, how to articulate them. And so taking a more active role would mean helping that other person grow, calling them out when they need to be called out, and just asking for help. We talked a lot about these types of guidelines or guiding principles mm. in, in a relationship at the beginning. And I didn't I didn't come through with my side of the bargain. So that's a huge one for me going forward. And the last is, is just being patient with myself. Don't hold on to that regret. Sit in it, understand it, but let it go. And you knew what you knew at the time. We just can't blame ourselves for things that we didn't know in the past. And that's been hard. That was part of the valley. But I think I'm past that now. I love the way... I love the way you said that. I think that end part is is just really spot on. And going back to that alone time, I don't think people were so used to having people around us all the time. And I also come from people pleasing and being around people all the time. And the first time that I had to spend a day alone, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do with myself? And it's just amazing that you were able to recognize all of that. And I hope that other people listen to this and can resonate with even these pieces all at the end. Every single regret you may have, it's a lesson learned. And just be happy that you learned it. And that was in the past in a younger version of you. And I think that's huge because so many of us were so hard on ourselves with that. And I feel like you coming from like, this is the end of 2019 and you didn't really start it until... March and you're here, it just shows your commitment level was so high to yourself because 
just the way you're talking about the lessons you learned, articulating your feelings and everything you went through. But you went through a lot. This was like a huge growth for you these past few months. So, I mean, I don't want to throw you under the bus, Aunt, but you did tell me that you didn't know the word vulnerable until like right a little while ago. So, I mean, that to me shows how much tremendous growth there's been. I don't feel thrown under the bus. I was going to bring it up myself, actually. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I didn't know the vocabulary. I couldn't articulate it. But I didn't know the word. I didn't come across the word vulnerable since probably a year ago, March or so, from a Brene Brown video. Wow. And I was like, oh, sure. That, that sounds like something I uh, don't want to talk about. Or <laughs> right. I'm going to stow that away with everything else. You're coming up on our final question, one of our faves. What does Unpack the Pursuit mean to you? It's such a great question. I love hearing people's answers to this. For me, the pursuit is that pursuit of connection. And I've packed away so much for so long. And so the unpacking of that pursuit of connection, to me, is taking one thing at a time, one feeling at a time, one thought, emotion, and experience. And analyzing it, seeing where that came from, what I feel about it, where it came from, where it's been carried physically in my body. Yes. And figuring out a way to just release that stress and anxiety because it's been, you know, a grain of salt here and there for my entire life, adding up to all these all these experiences and and held in thoughts and emotions. So now really unpacking the pursuit means going through all those items mm. and making sense of them so that I can learn and grow and figure out what to do next with it. It's coming in the form of journaling and talking to people like you guys and, and family members. And it's a pursuit that's lifelong and I'm excited to keep doing it. It's a lot of fun, more fun than I thought it was going to be, but it can be <laughs> just as scary if you yeah. aren't, mm -hmm prepared or don't know where to start. Absolutely. Well, I loved that answer. I love hearing people's answers to those. It's just people look at it so differently. So thank you. And thank you for being so willing to share your story and coming to us. Just big pat on the back for how far you've come. It's, it's so amazing to hear this from honestly, from a male's perspective. It's just, yeah. fuck yeah. Well, We're thank happy. you guys. Thank you guys for your kind words and allowing me to have this, this space. I, I can't get enough of it these days, which is crazy to say looking back a year or more, <laughs> but I'm so grateful for, for this space and for what you guys are doing. It's, it's such a cool project. I'm really proud of you guys for stepping out and tackling something that is just hard for people. And I need pushes like this. I still do. And this was another example of that. So just super grateful. Good luck to you. Keep up the great work. We love you, Thank Aunt. You. Thank you. So Such a crazy reunion. I just can't believe it. I know. I love it. It's a good way to reunite. Yeah. Thank you, Unpackers, for tuning in. We appreciate you so much. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps us out a ton. If you're interested in diving deeper into this topic in particular, or you have an idea that you'd like to explore with us, please reach out. You can find us on Instagram at unpackthepursuit or via email at unpackthepursuit at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. Bye.